good morning kids. It's about 6 a.m. July 28th. Just uh, with you guys all day today. It's Thursday morning. Uh, it's been a fun day. I love I love the days where it's just me and you guys. It's, I hope we, we have a blast today. Unfortunately, we do have to work a little bit, but I don't mind doing a lot of it. I just like being with you. We just got back yesterday from camping at your uncle's house in Sacramento. That was really fun. It was nice. You know, you worry. You know, you're 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 up in all these people's business for so long, and so many days in the backyard. You know, I worry like, oh, we're gonna step on somebody's toes. And so I I don't think we did. You know, there's always some small little things, some tension, but I, I think it worked out pretty well. We had a really nice time. We, we made s'mores every night. You guys loved that. <sighs> and, uh, what else? Um, it was fun. It was the appropriate level of glamping for your mom. It was like a day and a half, two days away. And... So anything more than that, I don't think your mom would want to do, which isn't surprising. So, so I I have a court appearance today and tomorrow. I had to go to the office to, to fill out some declarations and stuff, so I thought, might as well hit record. I'm heading to Pete's. Maybe we could uh, record a little bit. I could read a few chapters and you know, get some time in with you guys and with the word. Learned something new about the namesake this past weekend. You guys, I, I've been really pushing you guys to go to the like the youth group at our at our church. And entrepreneur, you are almost on board. But the namesake is emphatically not on board. Sorry, I'm yawning. You are not on board, and you've made it abundantly clear you do not want to go to this. And I think I know exactly why. I think everything is just so... Everything is just so in your face, and oh, it's exciting, and let's learn about God and Jesus. And I think you're more reserved. You want to go to, uh, as you quote, the big church, like the church with us, which honestly I don't think is a huge issue. I just, uh, I would like you to try and meet kids your age that actually believe, because I don't know if any of your friends do. They haven't made it really that clear. Um, but that doesn't mean they, they, they don't, it just, you have a better, statistically, you have a better chance of meeting kids who are Christians if you meet them in in Sunday school, in youth group. So anyways, <laughs> what I learned was your name tag said your name on it, your, your actual name, my name, your name, and you go by the Spanish version of it, and I, I was confused, I'm like, why are you going by that name, and you're like, well, it's my formal name, Dad. 
they haven't earned, I don't know if you said this, but they, you know, my friends call me this other name, but I don't know these people yet, so they're gonna have to call me this, so I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, so, oh. I don't know what else to say, I'm sure there's a lot of updates, Driving through town. Mm. We watched a movie last night called Interstellar. We got halfway done. That's an hour and a half, by the way. We got halfway done with the movie. And all you kids were really sad at the end. Well, not at the end. You're like, the, the, the movie's about a, a dad who's an engineer. He used to fly for NASA. And then he, the world is kind of losing all of its food sources. And they realize, like... The scientists realize Earth is going by the wayside. They need to, an, an escape plan, like go to another galaxy. And then, lo and behold, a wormhole appears about a half century before, and trying to figure out how to get to it and scout out different planets. And the story centers around a man and his two kids, uh, particularly his daughter, who he's very close with, and he decides to pilot this ship and leaves his daughter, and oh my lord, did the entrepreneur like sob during the scene where he's saying goodbye to her. It was just, oh, heart You know, I, I remember watching that, I think, I think entrepreneur was with us. It's just a punch in the gut. So hard. So hard to, to watch that scene. The, the whole movie, really. So the whole movie's about him trying to figure out where they're going to end up and because of relativity he's not really aging and, and everyone else on earth is so it's it's a pretty difficult movie to watch I think emotionally if you're a kid of course they're asking me if they're if I'm ever going to leave it's the first thing I think of and I had to t tell you guys listen I'm not a NASA engineer the world's not ending so I think I think you're stuck with me and during at least the movie when Entrepreneur was downstairs, I, I, I was um, cuddling with her. But after a while, she's like, Dad, I just can't take this movie. And I let, I let you go upstairs and fiddle with your iPod. <sighs> okay. Last night, large white chocolate mocha? You want whipped cream? No, thank you. Alright, white chocolate mocha with no whip. Okay, anything else for you today? No, thank you. Okay, I'm sorry. Alright. Ooh, those seagulls are pretty loud. I don't know if you guys can hear them. If they register or not. 
come on. Why am I rushing these people? They're working their butts off. Give me a second. your mom goes to hang out with your aunt tonight. She hasn't seen her in a while. I don't think I've hung out with my friends in about a month. not good podcasting time. Ten minutes and I've probably spoken for six or seven. Let's go. Hope everyone's okay. Cultural background study Bibles I'm going to be reading today. Second Kings. I want to say 16. 15 or 16. We'll see. Thank you, Utah. Gotta say, kids, I really hate these masks and people wearing masks. I just don't, I do not like them. I, and and they're more of a statement than anything else because as crazy as California is, the mandate should require masks to be in what's called N95 masks. And everyone just wears a cloth mask, mask thinking it's just as good, it's not. So I just don't understand. It's more of a, of a stigma. Just, oh, well, you have to wear a mask to show that you care about my health. It's like, you know, I really don't care about my kids' health. That's why we got you vaccinated, but... Anyway, that's enough for, enough for politics. wonder what you guys are dealing with in your day now. Things don't tend to change. Alright, let's see how good this range is. this morning at like 11, which is a weird time, like a review hearing. Mm. My, yeah, that's my life. I thought about my dad a lot this past weekend. Your mom called me buddy during some, I don't know what it was. Where we 
showering? What the hell are we doing? And that was a phrase my dad would use with me. A lot. I would go with him on whenever he left the house. And say, come on, buddy, let's do it. And I'd go and get in the car and we'd be off. Or I'd say things, okay, George, let's get into some trouble. Say stuff like that. I'm actually driving down a street called Lincoln, which is the town we live in. And growing up, we did like a couple towns over. My dad would come here, and I'm driving right by it right now. He would drive. He would go to this boot store. What was it called? I'll, I'll remember it. But this family made some really good work boots. And he, uh, we would drive here once every, I don't know, six months or so. They're really, they're really sturdy work boots. Steel-toed. Um, Brown Brothers. Brown Brothers shoes. And he, they would, um, he'd come here and get some boots. Of course, everyone there would know him, including the owner. And then we go home. you'll tell your children about me. A quote from the movie last night was, and I don't agree with this completely, but it's profound enough for me to repeat it here. Uh, the quote was, one of the characters said, now that we have kids, we're ghosts. We're, we're here for their memories. I don't completely believe in that. I still believe I'm here for something, but but it was it's a fascinating quote. There's a lot of truth in that. Wonder what kings we're gonna read about today. First and second kings really is I believe it's included in the Bible to show that God still um, God absolutely stood by his covenant with David and if you repent God is extremely merciful so it's you know it's about mostly about all these awful kings who just keep messing up and then eventually one, one, one king shows up who's really not so bad, and God is merciful. I was, um, explain that to our Bible study. We have a Bible study, and that's like what I thought Second King, First and Second Kings was about, was, it's not just chronicling, I mean, of course, the next two books of Chronicles, but it's not just showing, oh, here's all these awful kings, and, but it's also showing that every, every king has fallen short, including David, but God is still merciful.
where should I go to read this? Maybe I'll just go to the same place. Same place as I usually go. Bought this book about the town we live in. It's It's been meticulously researched. Every Victorian home in our town, which is close to 2,600. And we were able to see who the first owner of the house was and who the name of the contractor that built the house and how much the house cost. We don't know the name of the architect. They, they're never able to get that information for this. But, but it's pretty cool to at least get all that information. Lottery is over a billion dollars. Wonder who is gonna win that. It's like that amount of money is almost like life-ending money. Life-changing money is probably like three or four hundred thousand dollars, but like a billion dollars, that's just that's just really that's like generation destroying money. Way too much money for one family to hold. Way too much. Our, uh, I think the entrepreneur or, no, the namesake asked me, I don't know, it was a year ago or so. Maybe I've already mentioned this on the podcast, so I'm sorry about it. Talked about how you want to be a billionaire one day. And I kind of had to sit you down. One of you, I forget which one it was, I'm sorry. But I had to sit one of you down and say, listen, you can't really be a billionaire you don't have the right mindset for it. Because what you want to do is you want to end world hunger. You want to like do all the stuff. And to, to be a billionaire, you've got to be an ultra capitalist. Probably from an early age. Like all the billionaires I know, they have like the same stories growing up. And you know, my dad said, get a job. I was nine. I started this business. You know, it made me $400 a week. I worked 12 hours a a day. You know, one guy sold garbage bags. Like a a guy named Mark Cuban, he sold garbage bags. One of his neighbors had a ton of garbage bags and said, you know, just walk around the area and sell garbage bags. And he sold them for like 50 cents each, but he bought them for 15 cents each. It's a 35 cent profit and he made a few hundred a week. It's that entrepreneurial mindset I don't think any of you kids have, which is not a bad thing, by the way. Anyways, that's a huge tangent. I wonder if you hate this time where I'm just driving and talking, my thoughts. Hope not. Uh, what to do? driving and I shouldn't be looking at my phone but 
that's funny, I actually can't see what, what were, what were, what's it called? What I'm reading today, unless I stop this completely and restart it, so when I get to where I'm going to, I'll see what we're reading. I want to say 2 Kings 15, I'm pretty sure it's that. My hair is all itchy. It's the one thing that kind of sucks about camping is no showers. I mean, they offer their shower, but I, you know, I like my own shower. Such a nice town. left the house around 5.30, the three boys were sleeping in our bed. It was namesake and the, the king and the spy kind of all cuddling with each other. It was cute. I would have taken a picture, but <clears throat> there's only so many of those photos I can have. Uh, you know, I should have taken the photo. Last weekend, namesake who just turned 11 he said can we stay up all night and he's like we've never done that before and then we just think it sounds really fun and me and your mom were like yeah sure here are the parameters you know we gave you guys some rules which you had no problem following you guys are really good kids but right now in the family history, the spy and the king are like cats and dogs. You guys already know that. Just fighting constantly. And even last night, after watching part of that movie, the kids being uh, quote unquote scared, you guys weren't, but I think you just didn't want to sleep alone. If the king is in our bed, the spy will not go into our bed. He's like, you'll say, no, I don't want to go in there with him. And you make this whole thing, and then we just say, well, fine, sleep in your own bed. The king is staying in our bed. We're not going to kick him out so you could come into the bed. And last weekend when you guys did pull the all-nighter, which lasted till like 2 a.m., but the spy and the king were like cuddling on each other all night on the couch. It was really cute. So you guys may say you don't like each other and may fight a lot, but deep down I think you guys are very close. I hope you guys are very close now. Now that when you, when you, if you start listening to this, hope you guys are like best friends. I'm going over a bridge now.
sure reminds me of my hometown. This little city. It's just a small little town. I just want to make sure that I'm not double reading this. I should know this. Hang on. Okay, yeah, we're at 2 Kings 15. All right. Make sure it's locked. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother's name was Jechaliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. The high places, however, were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. The Lord afflicted the king with leprosy until the day he died, and he lived in a separate house. Jotham, the king's son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. As for the other events of Azariah's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Azariah rested with his ancestors and was buried near them in the city of David, and Jotham, his son, succeeded him as king. In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, became king of Israel and Samaria, and he reigned six months. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and his predecessors had done, as his predecessors had done. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah. Zechariah. He attacked him in front of the people, assassinated him, and succeeded him as king. <clears throat> the other events of Zechariah's reign are written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel. So the word of the Lord spoken to Jehu was fulfilled. Your descendants will sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. Shalom, son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah. Playing is loud. And he reigned in Samaria one month. Oof. Then Menahem, son of Gadi, went from Tirzah up to Samaria. He attacked Shalom, son of Jabesh, in Samaria, assassinated him, and succeeded him as king. 
The other events of Shalom's reign and the conspiracy he led are written in the book of the Annals of the Kings of Israel. Uh, at the time, Manahem, starting out from Tirzah, attacked Tipsha, Tip, Tifsa, and everyone in the city and its vicinity because they refused to open their gates. He sacked Tifsa and ripped open all, oh my God, all the pregnant women. In the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, son of, son of Gadi, became king of Israel, and he reigned in Samaria ten years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. During his entire reign, he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. Then Pul, king of Assyria, invaded the land, and Menahem gave him a thousand talents of silver to gain his support and strengthen his own hold on the kingdom. Menahem exacted his money from Israel. Every wealthy person had to contribute 50 shekels of silver to be given to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria withdrew and stayed in the land no longer. As for the other events of Menahem's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Menahem rested with his ancestors and Pekahiah, his son, succeeded him as king. In the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, son of Menahem, became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned two years. Pekahiah did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. One of his chief officers, Pekah, son of Remaliah, conspired against him. Taking fifty men of Gilead with him, he assassinated Pekahiah along with Argob and Ariah. Aria in the citadel. I'm going to roll my window up. In the citadel of the royal palace at Samaria. So Pekah killed Pekahiah and succeeded him as king. The other events of Pekahiah's reign, and all he did are written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel. In the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, son of Remaliah, became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 20 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. In the time of Pekah, king of Israel, tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, came... came and took Eon, Abel, Meth, Makkah, Genoa, Kadesh, and Hazor. He took Gilead and Galilee, including all the land of Naphtali, and he deported the people of Assyria. Then Hoshea, son of Elah, conspired against Pekah, son of Remaliah. He attacked and assassinated him, and then succeeded him as king in the twentieth year of Jotham, son of Uzziah. As for the other events of Pekah's reign and all he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? In the second year of Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. 
He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Uzziah had done. The high places, however, were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Jotham rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. As for the other events of Jotham's reign and what he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? In those days the Lord began to send Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, against Judah. Jotham rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David. The city of his father and Ahaz, his son, succeeded him as king. Chapter 16 in the seventeenth year of Pekah, son of Remaliah, Ahaz, son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was twenty years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem sixteen years. Unlike David, his father, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel, and even sacrificed his son in the fire, engaging in the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the, before the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the high places, on the hilltops and under every spreading tree. Then Rezin, king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem and besieged Ahaz, but they could not overpower him. At that time, Rezin, king of Aram, recovered Elath, for Aram was driving out the people of Judah. Edomites then removed into Elath and have lived there to this day. Ahaz sent messengers to say, Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, I am your servant and vassal. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel who are attacking me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace and sent it as a gift to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria complied by attacking Damascus and capturing it. He deported the, its inhabitants to Kir and put Rezin to death. Then King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria. He saw an altar in Damascus and sent to Uriah the priest a sketch of the altar with detailed plans for its construction. So Uriah the priest built an altar in accordance with all the plans that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus and finished it before King Ahaz returned. When the king came back from Damascus and saw the altar, he approached it and presented offerings on it. He offered up his burnt offering and grain offering, poured out his drink offering, and splashed the blood of his fellowship offerings against the altar. As for the bronze altar that stood before the Lord, he brought it from the front of the temple, from between the new altar and the temple of the Lord, and put it on the north side of the new altar. King Ahaz then gave these orders to Uriah the priest. On the large new altar... Offer the morning burnt offering and the evening grain offering, the king's burnt offering and his grain offering, and the burnt offering of all the people of the land, and their grain offering and their drink offering. Splash against this altar the blood of all the burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I will use the bronze altar for seeking guidance. And Uriah the priest did just as King Ahaz had ordered. King Ahaz cut off the side panels and removed the basins from the movable stands. He removed the sea from the bronze bowls that supported it and set it on a stone base. He took away the Sabbath canopy that had been built at the temple and removed the royal entryway outside the temple of the Lord in deference to the king of Assyria. As for the other events of the reign of Ahaz and what he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Ahaz rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David, and Hezekiah, his son, succeeded him as king.
In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hoshea, Hoshea, son of Elah, became king of Israel in Samaria, and he reigned nine years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up and attacked Hoshea, who had been Shalmaneser's vassal and had paid in tribute. But the king of Assyria discovered that Hoshea was a traitor, for he had sent envoys to So, king of Egypt, and he no longer paid tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore Shalmaneser seized him and put him in prison. The king of Assyria invaded the entire land, marched against Samaria, and laid siege to it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Halah, in Gozan, on the Habor River, and in the towns of the Medes. All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of Egypt, from under the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods and followed the practices of the nations. The Lord had driven out before them as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. From watchtower to fortified city, they built themselves high places in all their towns. They set up sacred stones and asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. At every high place, they burned incense as the nations whom the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did wicked things that aroused the Lord's anger. They worshipped idols, through, though the Lord had said, You shall not do this. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all the prophets and seers. Turn from your evil ways. Observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey, and that I delivered you to you through my servants and prophets. But they would not listen and were as stiff-necked as their ancestors, who did not trust in the Lord their God. They rejected the decrees and the covenant they had made with their ancestors, and the statutes he had warned them to keep. They followed worthless idols, and themselves became worthless. They imitated the nations around them, although the Lord had ordered them, Do not do as they do. They forsook all the commands of the Lord their God, and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves, and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to all the starry hosts, and they worshipped Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire. They practiced divination and sought omens, and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. So the Lord was very angry with Israel, and removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah was left, and even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God. They followed the practices Israel had introduced. Therefore the Lord rejected all the people of Israel. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of the plunderers until he thrust them from his presence. When he tore Israel away from the house of David, they made Jeroboam son of Nebat their king. Jeroboam enticed Israel away from following the Lord and caused them to commit a great sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins of Jeroboam and did not turn away from them until the Lord removed them from his presence as he had warned them through all his servants, the prophets. So the people of Israel were taken from their homeland into exile into Assyria, and they are still there. The king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sephazarium, Sephar, Sepharvaim, and settled them in the towns of Samaria to replace the Israelites. They took over Samaria and lived in its towns. When they first lived there, 
They did not worship the Lord, so he sent lions among them, and they killed some of the people. It was reported to the king of Assyria, The people you deported and resettled in the towns of Samaria do not know what the God of that country requires. He has sent lions among them, which are killing them off, because the people do not know what he requires. Then the king of Assyria gave this order, Have one of the priests you took captive from Samaria go back to live there, and teach the people what the God of the land requires. So one of the priests who had been exiled from Samaria came to live in Bethel and taught them how to worship the Lord. Nevertheless, each national group made its own gods in the several towns where they settled and set them up as shrines. The people of Samaria had made at the high places. The people from Babylon made Sukkoth, Benoth. Those from Kutha made Nergal. Those from Hamath made Ashima. The Avites made Nebaz and Tartak. And the Syrvites burned their children in the fire as sacrifices to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sepharvaim. They worshipped the Lord, but they also appointed all sorts of their own people to officiate for them as priests in the shrines of the high places. They worshipped the Lord, but they also served their own gods in accordance to their customs of the nations from which they had been brought. To this day, they persist in their former practices. They neither worship the Lord nor ad adhere to the decrees and regulations, the laws and commands that the Lord gave the descendants of Jacob, whom he named Israel. When the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites, he commanded them, Do not worship any other gods or bow down to them, serve them or sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt, the mighty power and outstretched arm, is the one you must worship. To him you shall bow down and to offer your other sacrifices. Uh, you must always be careful to keep the decrees and regulations, the laws and commands he wrote for you. Do not worship other gods. Do not forget the covenant I have made with you, and do not worship other gods. I think God is making this extremely clear. <laughs> um, rather, worship the Lord your God. It is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. They would not listen, however, but persisted in their former practices. Even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. To this day, their children and grandchildren continue to do as their ancestors did. And we're going to stop right there, even though I really want to read forward about my favorite king in the Old Testament, Hezekiah, easily my favorite king. We're going to read up again about him. Hezekiah is a great name, by the way. This podcast is meant for four people, so... If you're not one of the four, and you don't know me, you'll know that Hezekiah is, in my opinion, one of the greatest kings of Israel. He's like right up there with King David. I, I think it's, I think it's King David, and then a close second is King Hezekiah. I, I truly believe that, based on what Scripture tells me about Hezekiah. And we'll we'll read more up about him next time we come back. Next time we come back, to, or come back to read and Hezekiah is featured in like three chapters in, in at least 18, 19, and 20 of 2 Kings. So, just like we, I, I said before, it seems like this is just a chronicling of the evil the kings did and God's promise that you know, if you 
or not like God's, God's covenant with Israel. You only worship me. But he's sending he sent the Israelites in Sorry, my tongue's tied. He pretty much sent the Israelites into exile. He had foreign kings take them over, kick them out, desecrate their temples. Which physically isn't that bad since the Israelites have been desecrating God for generations. watching a video on TikTok the other day and this girl asked this apologist how do you get into heaven? and this and, he, and he's this is a Christian preacher and he says you have to be perfect to get into heaven which is a setup and she's like well that's impossible he says that's right and the only way to be perfect you can't but God God's mercy is unlimited and you have to accept his love in accepting his son Jesus Christ the sacrifice who resurrected and in doing that you will go to heaven so I found that interesting you have to be perfect and even with you know you're reading I'm reading through all these you know the I think one in like ten kings did right according to the Lord, according to the author of of First and Second Kings. And even then, you hear, you know, this this king did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. However, he wasn't as good as David. Or this king did was right what was right in the eyes of the Lord. However, he didn't take the high places down. God requires perfection. And even if you do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, kids, even if you do what's right, there's always going to be something you'd be working on. And that's not told to you to make you feel like, oh, you're this terrible person, but it's for you to understand you're not complete until you're in the presence of God. You are not complete in, in any perfection. So you want to ask yourself, even if you're on fire for God, you want to ask yourself, what is holding me back? What sin can I just not kick? And that's why, coming full circle, I want you kids to have Christian friends that you can talk to. There's a lot of things you can't tell your dad. Private things that you would be embarrassed about. And I understand that. I had a dad. Um, so that's why I think it's important you have Christian friends that will hold you to the fire. I have friends right now that if I was doing something stupid, they'd sit me down and say, George, you're doing something really stupid. What's going on? We had a friend, a very close friend, who left his wife. It was heartbreaking. He had an affair, and his wife was willing to take it back, which is a testament to her her character, or, you know, her willingness to forgive. But she, uh, 
so it's but we we all got together and sat him down and said listen what are, what are you doing come on knock this off go back to your wife and, but it was all it was too far gone by then so what I want what I pray for you guys to have every day I, I really do pray for this for you guys to have good Christian friends who will encourage you and but also hold you to the fire and pray for you as well. So I'm just heading back now. I'm almost at almost at home. Let's see, I talked a lot today. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Almost an hour. And I haven't posted a lot either. I gotta, I gotta start posting these. I think I'm like three behind. So anyways, hope you guys have a wonderful day after you listen to this. Hope, beyond hope, you guys are very close friends. I pray that you guys stay close to each other too. Not just emotionally, but physically. I hope you guys live close. I really hope you guys are good friends. I would hate, I would hate it if you guys had a falling out with each other. That, that would break my heart. I'll continue to say this, but I, I would rather you guys have a falling out with me and your mom than one with each other. So, so I think I'm going to sign off. I love you all. Love God. And in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless. Great.